I don't know if you ever had the situation where you take something to drink and you think it's juice. And then when you take the first zip, all of a sudden you realize it was something else. You ever had that situation? Yeah. A few weeks ago, we were at McDonald's with my kids and my wife and my wife ordered water and I ordered Coca-Cola. But because there is a lid on the bucket, right? We kind of swapped our drinks. So as I took the first zip and I thought it was Coke, I was totally confused. Like my brain like had an error, you know, until I realized, oh no, it's not Coke. It's just water. Maybe you had a different situation. You ordered salty popcorn. Who likes salty popcorn? Who likes sweet popcorn? Who doesn't like popcorn at all? Really? What's wrong with you guys? Come on. Popcorn is great. But you ever had the situation? You are at the movies. You order sweet popcorn. You sit in the movie. The movie starts. You have your girlfriend with you. You have this XXL bucket with popcorn. And you take the first bite and you realize, no, it's salty. Remember that? I remember many years ago, a friend of mine, a guy from this church, a leader from this church, his name is something like Simon Lemle, came to me on a Sunday and said, Andy, when we are done tonight, we will all go to my house and I will open up a 20-year-old bottle of red wine. Wow, we were so excited. So Leo started to preach a little faster. Dave kind of played his song a little faster. I kind of kicked some program elements out of the program just to be able to get there to Simon's house. So at maybe 11 at night, we ended up at Simon's house and he already opened the bottle in the morning. That's what he told us. So it can breathe a little bit. That made sense so far. And then he put in the wine and each cup and we all cheered and then we all took the first sip and once that amazing 20-year-old red wine kind of swallowed, you know, inside of me, I realized that does not taste like a 20-year-old Bordeaux. It more tasted like some cheap wine that you will buy to cook. So I was confused, and then I looked around, and some of the guys, they said, wow, it's amazing, Bob, wow. And then I looked at Leo's eyes, and he looked at me, and I realized Leo had the same thought like I, like something is wrong here. Either Simon is cheating on us, or somebody made fun out of Simon. So finally, he started laughing out loud, and he confessed that he actually drank that wine the other night with his father-in-law and that he just used some cheap cook wine, filled the bottle again, and gave it to us. Well, that's still painful. I still go to counseling every week, but I hope I get over it one day. It's actually interesting. Jesus talks about wine the other day. I want to talk to you tonight about the presence of God. And I want to ask you, if people would take a zip from you, if people taste you, How do you taste? If people are with you, maybe in a stressful situation, maybe at work, maybe in your house with your kids, if somebody tasted something from your bottle, do they taste Jesus? Because actually the Bible tells us we are filled with the presence of God. But the question is, Are we really filled with this presence of God? 
And if we get into a stressful situation, do people see some of this God in our lives? So I want to dive into the first text. And it's actually interesting. Jesus spends a very intimate night together with his disciples. It's probably the last night out of a three years period that he spent time with his 12 best friends. And so he's there and Jesus knows in a few hours he will be arrested. So this is probably like the last speech that he can kind of talk to these 12 friends that he has spent his life with for the last three years. And he comes to a point and he talks about wine. And let's read this in John 15. And he says this, I am the true wine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. And now he comes here. Remain in me as I also remain in you. Next slide. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the wine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the wine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I and you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. I want to suggest tonight that maybe God invites us to stop trying to be filled by God And instead, God invites us to be filled with God. What does that mean? You know, I don't know how you function, but I want to tell you how my life looks like. When I wake up in the morning, my alarm clock goes up. It's not only the alarm clock that wakes me. It's also many times my to-do list. They wake up as well. Remember that? You wake up and all of a sudden, it's not just you waking up. It's the to-do list. It's the projects, it's the work issues, it's the relationship, maybe it's an unresolved conflict. And many times I end up in a conversation, something like that. I end up in a gas station conversation with God. And I want to show you what I mean. You know, I come in the morning to God and I say, oh God, this day is so crazy, you know. And God, I, I, need, I need patience and I need love for my kids and I need forgiveness and I need wisdom for my work and all these things that you have. So God, could you please, please give me some of this patience and some of this discipline and some of this power and some of this wisdom. And because God is generous, God, he does it, you know. And so I'm trying to be filled with God and, and trying to get some of these characteristics and I just go into my car and I drive into the day, hoping that the few last at least until lunchtime maybe, or maybe four o'clock p.m. And then when I end up in a situation, I realize, oh no, I don't have enough power, I don't have enough wisdom, I kind of think, oh man, I should have taken more of this in the morning. Maybe you know what I mean. What would happen if Jesus would come one day and he would say, hey, why don't we do something else? Instead of 
you coming to the gas station, trying to be filled by me, what if I would actually join your ride? What if I would just come into your car and we would just drive together? You know, so you go into your day and I'm just with you. And then when you get into this stressful situation at work, I am there and I could help you, you know, and if you get home and you don't have any patience anymore for your kids, it's not a problem because I am with you and I am so patient. So as soon as we are together, you don't have to worry about anything because we are just together. What if the presence of God does not just mean one hour on a Sunday being in a church service trying to be filled with God and then going home and trying to kind of make it through the week. What if the presence of God does not just mean to pray maybe for 15 minutes in the morning and kind of be filled with the gas station God and then hoping that you make it through the day alone. What would happen if we start realizing that the presence of God means literally the presence of God. That it actually means God is in your car all day long. In every situation, not just the spiritual ones, not the one that maybe takes something from you, maybe even if you are just alone chilling in your stupid car. Does that make sense? I think this makes sense. Come on, totally. The interesting thing is, I don't know how you think about that, but I realize that many times I have a hard time believing that God is with me that when I don't do anything for God. You know, when I'm like busy for God, like something like preaching, then I kind of expect the presence of God. Or maybe I'm in a situation where I need help, then I pray and then I hope that God helps me. It's kind of hard to understand that God is actually living inside of me. The Holy Spirit is living inside of me and inside of you. He's there all the time. The presence of God, you cannot increase the presence of God. You cannot decrease the presence of God. The presence of God is a fact. The problem is what we can do is we can increase our awareness of the presence of God. Many times I realize that I have a hard time believing that God is with me, even if I don't do anything. It's interesting, that same night when Jesus was with his disciples, he told them something else. Let's go back into the text and it says, I no longer call you servants, Because a servant does not know his master's business, instead I have called you friends. For everything that I have learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me. No, this is my decision, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. You know, Jesus has been with his disciples for the last three years. He has been their master. They called him master. 
And they had been her students and also his servants. But before Jesus goes back to his father, before Jesus puts this future kingdom of God into this hand of these 12 disciples, he says this, I want to give you a free upgrade. I want to upgrade our relationship. And he is, this is what he says. He says, I'm not just your boss. I'm, of course, stay your boss. But again, I also suggest to give you bromance. You know bromance? Bromance is awesome. Jesus says, I'm not just calling you servants. I'm calling you friends. Jesus says, before I go back to the Father, I don't want to make sure that you understand what my heart is. When you go out in a few months, and when you build my kingdom, I don't want you to do that just as servants. I want you to do that as friends. As friends. It's interesting, there is another story in the Bible where we can see that one person sees Jesus as a friend and one person sees Jesus as a servant. It's the story of Maria and Martha. And actually, I didn't like that story for many many years because I'm kind of more the Martha person. Maria and Martha, they have been great friends with Jesus for many years. And Jesus would end up at their house from time to time when he needed some rest. So another day, Jesus shows up and says, hello. You know, no phone call, no telegram. He just was there all of a sudden. And Jesus spends time in their house. And the two sisters reacted very differently. Martha went into the kitchen. She was excited. His master was there. So she started cutting vegetables. She started cooking. She did all kind of great food. She prepared this amazing feast, trying to show the love to Jesus. And Maria, you know what she did? She went into the living room and did nothing. You know, I, I start getting mad right now because I'm more like Martha, you know? I'm, I, I like to be busy. You know, Martha is preparing the meal. She's doing something good. And Maria is just chilling with Jesus. And Martha gets so angry, you know, while cutting her vegetables, she gets angry and more angry and more angry. And all of a sudden, she does something that normally a woman at that time would have never done. She goes to a man and tells a man what to do. Not only a man, but a rabbi called Jesus. And this is what she says to him. Let's see. Lord, my sister has left me to do the work by myself. Don't you care? She's mad. Tell her to help me. <laughs> and here is what Jesus is saying. Martha... Martha, you ever noticed that there's a situation where we tend to repeat the name? You know, if we know somebody very good and this person kind of stepped into a routine that we know from this person, you know? She's, he says something like, Martha, Martha, here we go again. <laughs> Haven't we talked about that before, Martha? Martha, Martha, he said, you are worried 
and upset. Jesus didn't criticize her for being in the kitchen. That was not the problem. But he says, you are worried and you are upset about so many things. But few things are needed. Really, only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. You know what I believe what Mary chose? It was the presence of God. Mary chose the presence of God. It's interesting if you look at this word here, Martha. She calls Jesus her Lord, boss. Maria obviously saw Jesus as a friend. If a good friend is visiting you at home, like your best friend, do you really care if your apartment is all clean? If your best friend shows up the other night, are you upset if you don't have enough food in the refrigerator? No, it's your friend. You don't have to impress your friend, right? So Mary has this privilege. Mary realizes this is a unique situation. My friend Jesus is in my house. And as long as he doesn't tell me to cook, I'm just chilling. I don't have to impress this guy. He loves me. She doesn't think, oh, what is Jesus thinking about me? You know what I mean? Martha is so in worry. She tries to impress Jesus. Mary is relaxed because she knows Jesus loves me already. It's interesting. Last fall, we were on vacation as a family. And my coworker and friend, his name is Chris, had a lot of extra work because we were gone as a family. So I knew he has a lot of extra tasks because I'm not there, so he had to do all the work that I would normally do. So it was Thursday, we were back at the airport, about to fly home, and he, sh he wrote me and said, I want you to pick, up, to pick you up from the airport. And I knew that meant for him to drive one hour with public transportation to, pick, to, to my house, to pick up the car, then drive back 45 minutes to the airport to pick up, up and then go back to his house. And I was so touched by this because I realized Chris is not thinking as a worker. Chris is not thinking, trying to just impress me as a boss. You know, his task, they were completed. He did everything that was expected. But if you are a loving person, you go over the to-do list. You go over the to-do list. You go above what is requested. You go the extra mile. I want to end with the last story. It's also with Jesus. Jesus is 30 years old, maybe. And Jesus is about to step into his ministry. The last 30 years, he has been a normal guy. He has been a carpenter. He was working probably at his dad's company, building houses or whatever. And he did not complete any of the tasks that his father in heaven has given him. Okay, Jesus did not do anything so far from the to-do list, from the assignment that the father gave him. But before Jesus steps into his ministry, before Jesus starts to 
work for his father, this is what happens. Jesus gets baptized. And then we read the following verse. As Jesus, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he came up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened. Jesus saw the Spirit of God coming down. In other words, Jesus saw the Spirit, the presence of God coming down like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son and I love him. I am very, 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 very pleased with him. Isn't this interesting? The Father in heaven says, I am pleased with my son before the son has done anything for the father. Before the son has completed any of the to-do list, his father says, I am pleased with you and I love you. You are my friend. I believe God invites us to receive his presence not as something we deserve, not as something we have to work for, but I believe the presence of God is the most holy gift that God ever gave to us. It's the fact that we are allowed to be with God. Why don't we stand up on our feet? And what we want to do right now is we just want to be as quiet as we can. And I want to believe and pray with you. And I want to pray and believe with you that as we stand here and ask for the gift of his presence, ask for the gift of the fulfillment of the Holy Spirit, that the Spirit is actually moving. Why don't we close our eyes and we just stay here and maybe you can ask the Holy Spirit. Give him a personal invitation to fulfill you. Maybe you ask the Holy Spirit if there is something, maybe an area in your life, maybe a topic in your life where you are driving your car alone. Maybe it's finances. Maybe it's your sexuality. Maybe it's your partnership. Maybe it's your career. Maybe it's your body. Just ask the Holy Spirit, is there any dimension in which you want to step in tonight? Let's just wait for the Lord. Come on.